On tonight's episode, we shop on Rodeo Drive. We watch Pretty Woman. Hello and welcome to the Flixology Podcast, a podcast that looks at all forms of media, analyze it, and dissects it, rather it be movies, television, music, and if we feel fancy, literature. I am your host, John, and joining me as always is my lovely wife and a very pretty woman. Eh? Eh? Oh, goodness. I've been, wanting, I've, been, I've been saving that for all night. That's, all night? Yeah, that's pretty sad, isn't it? I can totally see that. <laughs> it's my lovely wife, April. April, how are you? Hello. I am very tired. I have been cleaning all day, guys, and... I'm just happy to be getting to this recording. Sorry, it's going to be just a tad late here, but mm, yeah, it's been a long week. It has been a very it's only it's only Wednesday, and it's been a very long week for both of us. Ugh. But you uh, know, you I blame it on your new client that brought in that coffee. We started grinding our own coffee beans, and they were wonderful. But I kind of took it to the extremes today. I, I went from never drinking coffee, hardly ever, to drinking freaking four cups today of very strong coffee. Colombian. Colombian coffee. And <laughs> yeah. There's um. I, I was so wired, I rearranged my whole house. And I've just been cleaning and cleaning and cleaning. So uh, there's that. You know, I was doing the Colombian thing. It's actually a joke. Um, do you remember the show Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yes. Come on. I cannot remember what like the thing was, but Ryan Stiles came on there and he was like, Columbia, we're not known just for coffee. Columbia. And I don't know why. It was the funniest thing ever well, to me. But it, it is, is who. It, yeah. But. Anyway, let's get into this wonderful movie. We watched 1990s American romantic comedy, American, American, yeah, Pretty Woman. I don't know what happened there. It's directed by Gary Marshall and starring Richard Gere and, of course, Julia Roberts. And this is the movie that made Julia Julia. This is like what put her out there with, with her stardom and everything. Yeah. I mean, she had moved. You know, Mystic Pizza and everything like that before this. I really but like Mystic Pizza. This is the Pizza. movie that put her on the scene with the big wigs. Like, plus, I'm very red happy. carpet. Julia, look at me. What are you wearing? Like, this is the movie. I don't know. For for I was introduced to this movie. Actually, I think it was last year when we, we watched this for the first time together. I had not seen it before that. The movie that introduced Julia to me was Ocean's Eleven. That's always been like a thing for me. But you know. I really, I mean, this was a good movie, and I have no dis- disrespect for it, but I think we should go ahead and jump right into it. What do you say? Well, I just want to talk a little bit about the theme. If you guys haven't watched our theme video this month or February, um, we are doing all Julia Roberts movies and all of rom-coms. Um, she happens to be my favorite female actress of all time. I just love everything she does. Serious stuff, rom-coms, her comedies, I, I'm, even Mystic Pizzas. Deba- She's the debatable. weird as it was. I just love all of it. Debatable. I know how you feel, but no, no, for me, no, no, she no, no, is no, no, like no, no, the no. end-all, be-all, favorite actress, hands down, of all time. Debatable, me. because there's someone else that I think is that you think is probably way better. Who? Winona Ryder. No way. Julia, okay. <laughs> Julia has always been my girl. Like okay, that, her that's... hair, her smile, like 
her acting skills, like her acting abilities, like she is just wonderful. I just, I love, I love all of her work. Yes. And if you want to know what we are doing for this month, please check out in our episode for our theme announcement for February, which was released last night on February 1st of 2022. But with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. Um, yeah, let's get started. So, you know, this movie's taking place at a party and we don't see Richard Gere. We don't see Julia Roberts. Who's the first person we see in this movie? Hmm. I don't even remember. Jason Alexander, George Costanza himself. Oh, right. And okay. he's like going around. He's like, hey, are you having a great time? Have you having a great time? And everyone's like, where's Richard Gere or Edward as he's known in this movie? Where's Edward? Where's Edward? And he's like on a phone with his. I, I want to say. That giant cell phone. Was that his girlfriend in the phone? In on, or his wife or something? But basically, they just broke. He broke up with her over the phone while he's in Beverly Hills. I think it was like a girlfriend. Yeah, I don't know. And then he's like leaving and he runs into his secretary and she he was like, do I talk to you more than I talk to so-and-so? And she goes, I was a bridesmaid at, his, at her wedding. Wow. Like, how... I mean, but you get it. He, he, Richard Gere's like a busybody. You know, he, he puts he's his... He's a workaholic. He, he's an extreme workaholic. An extreme workaholic. Um, he's like big from Sex in the City. No, he's I didn't. just well, never mind. We won't go in there. <laughs> I really need to watch that show with you. Just to I'm get... just saying he's larger than life. He's well, no. a millionaire. Yeah. I mean, and he's you know stays in the penthouse wherever he goes. Would you and say he's just <laughs> he's just like the guy? You know? Would you say he's the less kinky version of Christian Grey? Oh God, no. <laughs> Let's not compare those two. Yeah, let's not. That was a really bad one, but I thought that'd be funny. And then, so, Richard Gers decides he's going to leave this party, and is that his car that he takes? No, he takes Jason Outlander's new car. And that was a Lotus? A Lotus. That was a nice car. I've never heard of a Lotus before, but... It's a Lotus. It, it's a Lotus Esprit. Yeah. Apparently, it was, like, a really fancy car. And then, you know, we're cut to a song called... A wild one and the first thing we see of julia roberts is just her waking up out of bed just like after a long i love how she just wakes up out of bed and gets stressed and goes walking the streets but while whole, Street the, walker. the whole entire time it's she's doing this so it's like oh baby i'm a wild one. Oh yeah look at me i'm a wild one ooh, ooh, ooh. like it's that song the entire time that it's playing and I know I'm paraphrasing this song, but like, <laughs> it's just playing over her getting dressed, getting ready. Because the first thing you see is her in her underwear, like right at the beginning. And you're just like, can this not be more spot on? <laughs> yeah, it was a little weird for me, like her trying to be like super sexy, provocative in this movie. But at the same time, she is... A prostitute so um like i get that but i don't know julia roberts is so near and dear to my heart like in general it's just hard for me to kind of like see her in that role i guess well, um because the rest of the movie she's so respectable and everything so like i always you know kind of overlook those beginning scenes there of her yeah. like, in her underwear like honestly i, I, I didn't even remember i it don't know brought it up. maybe 
maybe um, maybe it's because I'm a guy and you yeah, know, no, it's just sure. like shoving it in your face though at the beginning. Well, and like I just didn't even notice like at all because like I guess I remember it now that you've said something, but I guess I just like oh, didn't really think that was a big part of the movie. Well, you know what came well, to 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 kind of literally like you never thought you'd see Julia Roberts do something like this. You know what was the movie she did before this came out? Mystic Pizza. Mm, yes, but not the one I'm thinking of right now. What? It was literally right before. Right at r- this came out right before it. What? Still Magnolias. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, like because I think that was '89. And that's again, that's why you don't want to see her in this role because you know Shelby and Still Magnolias is just like the golden girl. You know, she is like the most class. And it just, I don't know, I just it's hard listen, for me to see her in listen, this role. I know eventually one day we might do that movie. I'm shaking my head. Still <laughs> Magnolias is like my favorite drama ever, I think. I just love it. I love everything about it. You hate, you, you, I'm a huge Sally Fields, Dolly Parton fan, so like it just makes so much you know, sense. Speaking of Dolly Parton, I read somewhere today that she is now a nominee for the 2022 Rock and Roll Music Hall of Fame. Really? It's her, Eminem, um, like a whole bunch of different Wait, people. Did you just say Sally Fields? No, Dolly Parton. Oh, gosh. I was Yes, yeah, so Sally Fields. That's why I was looking at you. I was like, why <laughs> rock and roll sally fields like that's like what i'm like you don't go well from you know she did she to freaking rock and roll hall of fame well you know she did do a movie where with tom hanks where she tries to be like an edgy comedian i do not know the name Ugh. of this movie off the top of my head but it's bad let uh, me just say something about dolly i think that She's amazing, and I know that this isn't a Dolly movie, but since we brought her up, I just gotta say, well, hi, everybody. All right, I'm good. She's my hero because she is self-made. I mean, she came from nothing, literally a shack in the mountains in Tennessee, and she is just a genius. Like she created this whole persona, um, and <laughs> you know, there's this quote that she says that I remember. She's like figure out who you are and then do it on purpose. And it just makes so much sense that like her, how she marketed herself, how she like created herself, how she like made herself an icon. Like it's amazing, but I'll agree. I digress back to the movie. (laughs) So one scene I wanted to particularly point out is like, she's Julia Roberts is walking down the street. She plays um, Vivian. Her name is Vivian. Yeah. We see Hank Azera, who from Simpsons fame, he's most known for playing Chief Chief Wiggum and Moe. But he plays this cop and it's like, oh, we got another dead uh, woman of Julia Roberts' profession here. And you see like these tourists taking photos of the dead body. That was ridiculous. It, you know, they actually do that. There's like what? real tourists that try to take photos of that. It's like, oh, like... Um, you know, oh, this is like a real life Los Angeles crime murder. We're gonna, you know, whatever. Like there are people that do do stuff like that that are disrespectful. I mean, I I could see that, you know, but um, but yeah. So basically, she goes find her friend Kit, <laughs> played by Lawrence and 
glaucoma, gla glaucoma. I know I'm butchering that. Glaucoma. <laughs> it's like G I A C O M O. You try pronouncing it. Giacomo? That. Yeah, we'll go with that. Her Giacomo. She's mostly known, and I know I asked you about this. She's mostly known in the James Spader film Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Uh-huh. She is the one where the main woman's uh, husband, cheat, she cheats on his wife and go, cheats on her with <coughs> Laura's character in that movie. But her name's Kit. Basically, Kit had spent all their rent money on drugs. Because she had to party. At, yeah, with uh, Carlos, I think was his name. Yeah. And, you know, was he a pimp? I think he wanted um, to be their pimp, but, um, you know, Julia, she even says, like, eh, no, I don't, I don't want to do that because then he'll take all our money. Like, and be, and we say and... when, we say who, we, we make our own decisions, you know? And then basically, eventually, the Lotus... By the way, Richard Gere is driving this Lotus East Sprit, and it's a stick. I have... He's like struggling that, with the that stick transmission is destroyed. Yeah, I think they just wanted to paint a picture that like she lives a life, you know, day to day as a streetwalker and like possibly getting murdered, and she has no money. Yeah, and she's at like the end of her rope. Um, and then they, but meet... yet she's like this, you know, quirky, sensible, like you know, cool girl or whatever. But in comes Richard Gere and then... in this car. And then he's like, can you give me directions? And she charges him, what, I think like 10 bucks? Yeah. And then, you know, she's he's still struggling. She's like, do you care if I drive it? She handles that car like a freaking pro. Yeah. Well, I mean, she said that she had, like, brothers or cousins that were mechanics. And, yeah. Um, and liked cars. Or no, I think she said she dated a bunch of guys that liked cars. and she Something listened. like that, yeah. Yeah. So they get to this really nice hotel, and that hotel was gorgeous. Yeah, it was. It was gorgeous. And, you know, she's dressed in... I really don't want to call her a streetwalker, but she's dressed <laughs> in... She's dressed in, you know... Hooker attire. <laughs> that makes it sound worse. Well, that's the role <laughs> of the movie. Well, you know, uh, she's dressed in... Hooker attire. <laughs> it sounds like the name of a really Hooker bad... Hooker Oh, that sounds like the name of a really bad store that you would find in like a mall in the middle of nowhere. Welcome to Hooker Wear! <laughs> um, and everyone's just staring at Julia Roberts because... Well. Yeah. Well, and he gives her the coat and he's like, put on my coat. And, and, she's she, like, and she just like takes just, it off. She's just walking around with the coat wide open. Like, you know. Yeah. In these high boots and a skirt so short that you can see everything yeah and then you know they everyone's gawking at her and they take the elevator eventually they get to his penthouse suite can we talk about this suite for a minute um yeah i have never wanted to stay in a suite because like i get suites are like the thing to say when you're out of town that like like, we stayed in a suite one night, mm -hmm. and that was when, on our anniversary, we stayed in a suite in downtown Charlotte, and it wasn't anything, like, glamorous. It was just... Maybe... It was pretty glamorous. I mean, it was glamorous, but it's nothing as glamorous as this suite. It was bigger than our first apartment. <laughs> H honey, you know I love you, right? 
Yeah. My car is bigger than our first apartment. That is not true. You could fit in my car. You could fit our first apartment in my car. No, that's not true. Anyway, I will fight you on that one day, but not tonight. Um, like I was just saying, like this this penthouse suite was overly over the top, like glamorous. And... It was beautiful. I mean, they had like fine china and full dining room table with like Queen Anne chairs and you know all kinds of stuff. Um, the yeah. bubble bath. Uh, we hadn't gotten. To oh that yeah, yet, well, I'm actually. I'm the actually. The bathroom was amazing. So basically, you know, he says, "Stay with me for uh, for the night. I'll pay you whatever." I think it was 300 bucks for the first night. And um, she's like, okay, no kissing, do whatever you want, all that kind of stuff. She goes to the bathroom and he's like, don't do drugs in there. Don't do drugs in there. Well, he goes in there because he thinks that she's doing drugs. When she's but... actually flossing her teeth or whatever. Yeah, she's flossing her teeth. And he, then he felt bad about it. He was like, you know, not many people surprise me. Yeah. But I think that was his first moment where he was like, I've been overly judgmental of this lady, you know? Well, I think he saw her as like a lady and not as a hooker at that point. And then the next day you see them waking up and it's, it's obvious that they, you know, I'd rather, I don't really want to say it. They, they had sex. It's obvious. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, he's talking to Jason Alexander. He's like, I gotta find you someone. I gotta hook you up with someone, you know? It's LA. Because they were going to an event or something. Yeah, like a business dinner where he's trying to buy this company from owner um, James Morse, who's played by Ralph Bellamy. And this was his last movie, actually. Yeah. Um, Do you... I remember him. Did you ever see the movie Trading Places? Uh, Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is one of the old men that they had put the bet on with Eddie Murphy to switch places with Dan Aykroyd. He's oh, one of the brothers. Okay, cool. And I thought that was cool. And then he did like a cameo of that same character in Coming to America. Um, but so basically, you know, he's like, be my girlfriend for a, for what was it like six days, a week almost. Yeah, well, he was like, you know, stay the whole night, and then he was like, you know, how much for the week, you know? And he he wanted he wanted a a professional, like he didn't want to have to deal with a relationship. Yeah, you know, he's like your average workaholic business guy. Like yeah. he doesn't want to have to deal with a relationship. He just you know needs somebody there to fill the seat. Yeah, and she's and she said three thousand. He says done. I'll pay you three grand, and the rest is history. You know, like yeah, they... and she's like, holy cow. Is she from Minnesota? Apparently she's from the Midwest now. But yeah, <laughs> like um oh, and she was in the bubble bath and she was Yeah, I was actually to about to bring up I think Prince That's actually a really good scene. Such thing. a cute, memorable scene. I was about to bring that up because this scene I think the bubble bath scene is like one of the most memorable scenes from this movie outside of the pretty woman montage. It was iconic, yeah. Um and then, you know, he gives her some shopping money, goes tell her to go buy a dress, and she goes to the shops on Rodeo Drive where she's basically kicked out from what she's wearing, like street clothes. Yeah, they're like, we don't have anything for you. I have never wanted to like... And she was like, listen, I got money to spend. And they're like, nope, we're not having it. And then she goes back and to the hotel where we see 
the great Hector Alfonso. I'm hoping I pronounced that right. He is my favorite person in anything he has ever done in the past. Even Last Man Standing, that Tim Allen show. I only watched it for him. Yeah. I, even The Princess Diaries. I only watched those two awful, awful movies because of Hector. What? They are not awful. Two. First of all. Two is terrible. I mean, two's not great. I didn't really like two at all, but one is amazing and beautiful. So he's basically like telling her, you know, you're his niece, which I love how niece was like. He was like, you must be a relative. Niece. And, and that you would make... are his niece. Yeah. Like, well, no, he, he would be his, he would be his uncle, her uncle, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Well, he said niece. So. I don't know. But I love, like, how it's just, like, niece's code word for hooker now. I know, right? He was Is like, that a thing? I, mean, I don't know. I'm sure for somebody in the penthouse, you know, they let, you know. Maybe, I don't know. They're the biggest spender. I mean, they could get away with murder and they'd be fine. They'd probably call her their niece. I mean, I really hate asking you that question, but, like, I mean. I have no idea, but I'm yeah. sure. I mean, and then he, like, teaches her. He helps her get a dress for the for the dinner that he's gonna go see with these people later that night, and then he teaches her like how to like din dinner etiquette and everything. And yeah, then... he's like, she's like, I have a problem, and then um, he tells her about the shrimp fork and the salad fork and the dinner fork and all that good stuff. And um, did I ever tell you I did... elbows off the table? Did I ever tell you I took something like that? Yes, I would have uh... paid good money to see that. So, should I share this story with the world? That's your call, man. If you want to know, email us. <laughs> I'll, I'll make it worth your while. <laughs> if you want to hear about etiquette class with John Bowen, I will gladly talk. Email us at flixologypodcast at If we get enough, I think if we get enough emails, I want to do like a mailbag episode and just go through like a month's worth of emails and just answer questions. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. We should definitely do that. Yeah, send us, send us an email if you want. We'll yeah. be trying to read it on air. But basically, they meet um, J the the Ralph Bellamy character, his grandson. He's, like, groomed to take over the company from him. They mention how... They mention Richard Gere's father, Carter. Yeah. And you could tell that there was an uneasy relationship. And basically, the meeting doesn't go well. They don't want to get bought off. And Richard Gere's job is just buying companies and selling them piece by piece. Well, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, she compares it to, you know, stealing cars and then selling them for the parts, which is essentially what he does. Like, he buys, you know, billion-dollar companies, and then he sells them off for, you know, in, in parts um, to other clients and other business people, um, yeah. but for way more. So, yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was... It's a brutal job to have because, you know, the well, client that he was meeting for lunch, I mean, they were literally, like, just seething at each other, like, at the table because... Oh, yeah, I thought there was going to be a fight. Yeah, well, and, you know, the grandson was really upset and, like, the, the older gentleman was like, uh, you're in for the fight of your life, son, you know? Like, yeah, because he, like, there's, like, a rumor going around that the Navy gave him a contract to build destroyers, which... 
Yeah. Man, that's a big contract. Those are huge ships. But he went and like behind, you know, behind the scenes and like tied up the paperwork for years and they're not going to have the money and they're going to have to fold and, you know, sell off the company. And the guy just wants to keep his company running. You know, he, it's a family business. He built it from scratch. He wants to keep his company running. You see this all the time. And Richard Gere is just like, oh, so sorry. It's just business, you know? Well, you know, he says that one quote that stood out to you the most. You, he says to Vivian, you and I are such similar creatures, Vivian. We screw people for money. Yeah, we screw people out of their own, out of a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, that's basically, if you think about it, yeah, they're not so different after all. I mean, one had privil- one grew up with opportunities. One grew up not, you know, not so lucky. Yeah. I like how they put, put themselves in on the same playing field there, you know? Yeah. Um, it just really like humanized both of them and um it just kind of created her role and his role and you know, him a chance to soften up and her a chance to, you know, get risen up and I don't know, it was kind of cool. It's kinda of cool to see how their relationship continues. Yeah. I'll agree with that. Um and then, you know, basically they go back, he's like playing the piano and they had sex on the piano. The most awkward sex scene Gong! ever. Gong! <laughs> Again, it's really hard to see Julia in these type of roles, but... Hey, it's, um, it's, it's the 90s, that's all I can say. <laughs> I think that the scene was necessary to form their relationship and their chemistry, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. who knows? Honey, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this now. We are not having sex on a piano. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. I was trying to say that to get a laugh out of you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out later. Fine, go ahead. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, on that note... So it's the next morning and Richard Gere gives Julia, um, Edward gives Vivian her credit card and then they go to this like crazy store to buy clothes. And there we see Larry Murray, who's like the store manager. Well, before they go to the store, the reason he goes with her is because she was, he was like, what do you mean? Like, you don't want to go shopping or, you know, I'm surprised you didn't buy more yesterday instead of the one dress. And she was like, well, you know, they were mean to me and they wouldn't, you know, they mean didn't want to sell they anything. Were mean and to he you? was like, hold up. Somebody was mean to my girl. <laughs> this is like the exact dirty dancing line where he's like, nobody puts baby in the corner. And he just like took her shopping and it's the scene that made the whole movie. The clothing montage. Every woman in the world, dude. There has been completely so, fell over themselves. There has been so. There has been so many things that have parodied that scene. I think the last one I saw was like a in a later season of the show Supernatural, which had Jensen Ackles and Felicia Day, like, and she's trying on clothes and they're playing the song. He's like shaking his head, no, no, and then he, you see his hand go off camera. 
and then he presses a button and the music stops and he just turns the music off the stereo because the girl character brought a stereo to play the pretty woman song. Wow. <laughs> it's actually a really funny scene. Wow. Yeah, and so she buys some clothes. She goes back to the Roots shopkeeper and she basically puts her in her place. She's like, you wouldn't wait on me yesterday. And she goes, yeah. And she goes, big mistake, big mistake, huge, huge. Yeah, she was like, you guys work off commission, don't you? And they were like, yeah. And she was like, big mistake. Yeah. I mean, that is like, that is seriously like one of my favorite parts of the movie. It serves her right. It does. I can't believe those women. So we go to this like polo game, which is, you know, the horses and whatever. That's such a weird game to me. Polo. Yeah. you, You know, you just get like, I don't know, like cricket, like croquet bats and you just like hit a ball on horses why i don't want to hit a ball while i'm on a horse i just want to ride a horse mm-hmm. and that's very lucky if you can get me on a horse yeah um, I, 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 I got nothing i've never been to one of those games i've never been to one of those games either i just see them on james bond movies they look pretty wild now there oh i really hope we do the um christopher walken james bond movie because there is a scene of that <laughs> I bet you did not know that exists. Um, actually, no. It's actually not that bad of a movie. Although it does, ha- it also has um, Grace Jones in it. Anyway, so Jason Alexander's character, he's like freaking out because he doesn't know Vivian, doesn't know anything about her, and she thinks she's a corporate spy. But Ed, but Richard Gere reveals who she is and how they met, and that's when he thinks so promptly, Jason Alexander. I mean, I did not like his character in this movie at all. He really pissed me off. He crudely positions Julie Roberts for her services when Edward is done with her. And that's how it was put out there. And just me saying that makes me feel vile. Yeah. And she, I think she like need him. Yeah. Crotch, right? No, that's later. Oh, okay. Okay. This is at the polo game where they're trying to like be civil. Um, you know basically well and she gets in like a little spat with Air- edward too she's like you know yeah because so cheap yeah, this well he exposed her yeah and you know he apologized uh he was jealous about and he Vi- gets her to stay well he was he, he apologized because she apparently was talking to the grandson uh at the polo thing yeah and he and he realized like her straightforward personality is rubbing off on him yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, you know, jealousy is like an evil thing. But, yeah, for sure. So then they decide to go to private jet to go to the San Francisco Opera to see La Travati. I know I butchered that. <laughs> you want to try? La, wait. T-R-A-B-I-A. Traviata. Okay, that makes better sense than what I said. So basically, it's like the story of a prostitute who falls in love with a rich man, and and yeah. So basically, it's Pretty Woman, but in opera form. Yeah. And you know, the story moves Vivian, and she breaks her no kissing rule after they. Yeah. And you know, she believes he's asleep, and she admits she loves him, and then we see him smile and everything, and you know, Aww. yeah, it's it's the cliche '90s like. All right. I love you. Well, and like... I'm glad you said it. I'll say it later. (laughs) I think what I appreciated about the movie was just how, like, talented um, 
Julia Roberts is in this. Like, she really came, like, she came from being this, you know, streetwalker, lady of the streets, like, yeah. um, kind of blunt and, you know, whatever, to really, like, letting down some walls and, like, being intimate with Richard Gere and, like, having the chemistry and then also, and that's, like, being tender with him and yeah, then eventually and- falling in love with him. And I just see, like, all of that unraveling. And, and honestly, it just paints, like, a really nice picture. And then it's just so many different dynamics, like, in her personality in this film. And I don't know. I appreciated all of that. I just really like how it I all mean, unraveled. She just, I mean, and it's every girl's dream to be, like, swept up by some rich guy, you know, and just... <laughs> John's looking at me like... <laughs> oh, really? No, well, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, just who picking. wouldn't want to be rich? I mean... If a rich woman came after you and was like, I will, you'll never work again and I'll buy you all these beautiful movies and give you like man caves and... I would pick you in a heartbeat still. I mean, I'm not saying (laughs) that you wouldn't pick me over them. I'm saying that if we had never met and you were a bum living on the streets (laughs) or suffering and a Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, but I would, I don't know. If you were if a I didn't know you, or yes. a streetwalker and somebody rich came up to you and was like, I will give you all of your heart's desires, which in her case was, you know, clothes and money and class and, you know, <laughs> uh, intimacy, then you yeah. would go off with that person forever and you would like be on cloud nine. Yeah, I mean, sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So Edward. I know I would. So Ed. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, he knows he's going to have to go back to New York soon. Uh, Richard Gere offers, uh, Edward offers Vivian like get off the streets, putting her up in a nice condo, giving her money, and promising to visit her regular, regularly. Where you know Vivian reacts to that, she's offended because basically he's still treating her like a prostitute. Yeah, like a woman that can be bought and had and kept, but not a real relationship. And, you know, that's when she has, like, tells him about the childhood fantasy of her being rescued from her abusive home because she was raised in an abusive home by a, a knight on a white steed. Yeah. And, you know, symbolism later. That's foreshadowing. And it's just, I mean, that's what makes it the whole cutest little rom-com there because you have all these funny moments and yeah. serious and intimate, intimate moments and... You know, like whenever he punches the hell out of Jason Alexander. Well, you have not gone that far yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he takes off to get his woman in the end. And that's what is just so, like, just Um, beautiful. So, basically, they go and meet the other company again. And because he was moved by Vivian, he decides to save the company instead of taking it apart piece by piece. Yeah. Which, that made Jason Alexander so... Furious. Well, he's not a good guy, you know? I mean, at least Richard Gere, like, learned and grew some. Jason is just all about the money and the bottom dollar and business. He just wants all the money and the car and the flash and, you know, everything. Yeah, true. Which, you know, he blamed... He blames her for how Edward has changed his character. And he attempts to... Let's be honest. He doesn't get physical with her. He straight up tries to rape her. Yeah, well, it, that was really unpleasant scene. I hate, I hated to see that. But... I know, 
And I love Jason Alexander. I love him on Seinfeld. Yeah. I love him as George Costanza. But I'm so glad that Richard like punched um, they you came know, or and, Edward. He came and like, you know, knocked his lights out. And you know, and then fires him on the dot. And, you know, basically everything's done. After that, he's fired. We never see Jason Alexander ever again. We don't see the Bellamy's again. Um so basically his business is done in LA and he asks Vivian to stay one more night only because she wants to, not because he wants to pay. And she straight up refuses and leaves and says bye to Hector Elizondo, Bernard, Bernard, the hotel manager, and goes back to Kit. By the way, did I mention I think she should find a new roommate? Yeah. Like, seriously, who's... If I had had a roommate in college, life, if I wasn't married to you and I had a roommate and they spent all of our rent money on drugs... Yeah. I'd be kicking their butt out the next day. Well, you know, they probably <clears throat> they probably been together a long time, and I mean, still, everybody makes mistakes. I mean, come on. That was not her first mistake. <laughs> That's like the guy in Grandma's Boy who spent all I'm his. I'm picking. I'm picking. I'm picking. Who spent his money on something that was not rent? And I'm not going to get into that movie because that movie deserves like a three-hour episode of me trying to explain it. Oh, it's a great movie. Oh, it's a good movie, but it deserves a three-hour episode. Yeah. So, he Edward rethinks his life while being driven to the airport, and basically he tells the show his limo driver, because he is in a limo, he's in a white limo, foreshadowing complete. Um, Doesn't go, he, like, come out of the uh, roof? The, of yeah, the... he comes out of the sunroof, and they go to Vivian's apartment, and... You She's know, like on the fire and escape. And they ascend the fire kiss and you know, it was like something, something, what happened to the girl who never had nothing or something like that. And she goes, what? And he goes, they lived happily ever after. They kissed, they embraced, and then the movie's over. It was just so romantic. I mean, like, and I really like how this movie like really gave her dignity and, you know, her honor as a woman and, and how she just didn't settle, you know, like, Did- uh, a lot of people with, you know, that are less fortunate with less money and living, you know, not having rent and all that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, they might have just said yes and, and said, like, I'm not worth a real relationship, but I'll take the money, you know? And she, like, really held out. She got the whole shebang. Well, you know, this was the first on-screen collaboration with Gear and Roberts, and the chemistry between them is... Yeah. There's actually something. They do several other things later on, and I just really love all those movies too. So. It's only two movies, actually. Is it just two? Yeah. I could have swore I've seen them in like two or three of them. Well, you know, this was movie was released through Disney, like the the adult side. It's Touchstones Pictures, which is owned by Disney. Okay. This is the first R-rated movie that Disney has ever put out. Wow. Think about that. And here's the thing. I kind of wanted to see this. This movie was originally intended to be a dark cautionary tale about class and prostitution in LA. Wow. And then they like refinance it. I mean, re- they they rebuild it as a romantic comedy with a super large budget. And the money that this movie made is insane. Yeah, let's talk about the budget. Well, uh, before we get into that, uh, would you recommend this movie? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, not only am I a huge Richard Gere and Julia Roberts fan, um, Julia being my favorite actress of all time, um, mm-hmm. 
I just think there's so much to this movie. It's funny. It's got the drama. It's, it's got, very like late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, like there's yeah. that time warp back to that time period. And like, I really like that. I enjoy that. The music in this movie is awesome. Well, yeah, especially with Roy Orbison's Pretty Woman. I yeah. think that's what that, I love that song. It's iconic, you know. That song is used in this movie and then in Dumb and Dumber when they're like getting their suits and everything. <laughs> those, those, those are the two movies I've seen. That's like the two scenes I think about when I hear that song while I'm also singing it at the top of my lungs. Mercy. I might watch a Dumb and Dumber tonight. I'm Dude, I love Dumb and Dumber. Um, yeah, this is a total recommend. I mean, first off, it's Julia's first big movie. I mean, you have Mystic Pizza and Still Magnolias, but this was like the movie that pushed her stardom out the window. And it's really cool to see like famous actors' first movies that put them out. Julia had this. Denzel Washington had the movie Glory. Um, so on. and so, Fer- Matthew Broderick had Ferris Bueller. And so on and so forth with many other actors and actresses. But... This movie just stands out pretty well. Richard Gere's really good. The time period in this movie alone is wonderful. It's a classic. Like I would put this in the classic. Well, you know, I wanted to... It is a classic. I mean, this movie was the third movie in 1990 of the highest grossing films of all time. This movie beat Kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten Cop, which I have not seen that movie. What? I have never seen Kindergarten Cop. It beat Ninja Turtles, too. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Presumed Innocent, which is a insane Harrison Ford movie. Die Hard 2. I love Die Hard. Anything Die Hard. Back to the Future Part 3. That I can't believe. The, I can't, man. The, the, Back to the Future... Wait. Oh, it's Part 3. Okay, yeah, that's okay. the Wild West was, one. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Total Recall, which is an amazing Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah. Dances with Wolves, which... Have you ever seen Dances with Wolves? Yeah, that one was big. That movie's so freaking long, though. Yeah. But I'm actually going to get into that uh, a little bit more about that later. Um, and then Pretty Woman. And then it got beat by Home Alone, which I don't... I can believe that. But it's a holiday movie. They always go and then, on top. And then the number one movie of that year was Ghost. Which... which I totally believed. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. One, Whoopi Goldberg was in her prime. Yeah. Prime Whoopi. Is in that movie. Yeah. And I'm talking, people were crazy for Whoopi Goldberg. Well, you know, that, that was the only movie she's ever won an Oscar for. Yeah. And 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 not only that, but Patrick Swayze was in his prime. And... You know, here's the thing. I feel like he should have gotten an Oscar for that, an Oscar nomination for that movie, but he didn't. I'm shocked that he didn't. And then that pottery scene, Unchained Melody music song. Like, well, you know, I mean, all of that. Well, you know, it was so Julia. So dark. Julia was nominated for an Oscar for this movie, but she did not win. Guess who won that year? Who? Kathy Bates. And what? Misery. Oh my gosh! Well, and she the, deserved it. Well, I mean, look at look. I mean, listen to the movies that were nominated last year: Best Picture, Dances with Wolves. Awakenings, that Robin Williams, Robert De Niro in the Mental yeah, Asylum, yeah. Ghost, Godfather Part Three, Goodfellas, and then Dances with Wolves won so much that year. It won Best Best Picture, Best Director. Jeremy Irons won Best Actor for Reversal of Fortune, and he beat Kevin Costner and Robert De Niro. Best Best Actress Kathy Bates. Joe Pesci won his only Oscar for Goodfellas that year. Let me tell you, they don't make movies like this anymore. And then Whoopi Goldberg won Best Supporting. I know that makes us so old, but they do not make movies like this anymore. Actors and actresses are not this good anymore. 
like I find myself like scrolling around trying to find movies to watch nowadays, and like that's why we watch a lot of movies set in the past. Yeah, because honestly, they're just better. Yeah. The actresses and the actors are so much better, and. I don't know if that's just because, you know, we're in our 30s, but... We're, it's because we're in our 30s. I just, <laughs> I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I mean... You know, here's know. the thing. In the last... In the last, in the previous second decade, it was the 70s. Last decade, it was the 80s. Now it's the 90s. Next decade's probably going to be the 2000s. I'm willing to put money on it. Uh, I just... Right. I mean, I love 2000s, but the 90s movies, man, like they just, they call to my heart. So let's go ahead and play our games. Uh, I think we're going to wrap up here after that. Yeah, for sure. So this movie was made on a $14 million budget. Whoa. $14 million. How much do you think it made worldwide? Worldwide. United States, other countries, everything. Oh my gosh. You're not going to get it. I can tell you that right now. And you know how I said this was the highest, and this is still... $300 million. All right, before I before I answer that, this is still Disney's, and will remain Disney's highest grossing rated R release until Deadpool 3 comes out. Disney now owns Deadpool. Four hundred and sixty-three million four hundred and six thousand two hundred and sixty-eight dollars. No way. Yeah. Wow. Well, no wonder it put Julia on the map. And then, of course, uh, let me see what I got. Because honestly, I haven't had a chance. I want to know what Rotten Tomatoes wrote. Rotten Tomatoes wrote. The website's consensual con- uh, states. This is critical consensus. Pretty Woman may be a yuppie fantasy, but the film's slick comedy soundtrack and casting can overcome misgivings. That's all they had to say about this masterpiece that made almost $500 million? Based on 71 reviews with an average rating of 6 out of 10. This is insane. Oh, wait till you hear what Entertainment... Do you want to hear what Entertainment Weekly gave it? What? They gave the film a D. Why? Stars out as a neo-plagmon comedy, and with its tough hooker heroine, it can work out as a feminist version of an upscale princess fantasy. But it also pretends how, to be about how love transcends money, but it's really obsessed with stat, status symbols. And then he. I mean, I see what they're saying, and then, and but the, but on the on the twentieth anniversary, though, that same writer changed his mind and gave it a B. Yeah, well, as he should correct <laughs> himself. Um. So, what, what do you think Rotten Tomatoes gave it, and what do you think you would have given it? Um, I would have given this movie. So you don't cheat. I see you looking at my screen. Um, I can't read that if I wanted to. It's so far away. Um, I would give this movie probably a 93. <laughs> I feel like Rotten Tomatoes probably gave it like an 88. <laughs> I don't know. What do you, What is it? 65. They only gave it a 65? 65. Well, obviously that was a man. Because women love this movie. Yeah, there's. I'm not saying this is a bad movie. I'm just saying what the critics gave it like back in the whatever. Well, they're idiots. Well, you know, whatever. I, I would guess. love to meet somebody from Rotten we, Tomatoes. We did. So I, can, I would love 
to actually get to talk to them about <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. And at the time, I did not know he worked for Rotten Tomatoes, so that does not count. Yeah, because I almost stopped you from getting to a fist fight. No, I'm kidding. I wouldn't have hit him. I would have just been like, Dude. What were you thinking? I would have been like, yeah, I, mean... I hate you, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I think that's going to wrap up tonight's episode. Thank you for joining in on our episode for Pretty Woman. And if you haven't seen Pretty Woman, go freaking watch it. I mean, it's a classic. It's on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix as of this recording. Yeah, it's on Netflix. And go check it out. And if, and if you have seen it, but it's been years, go back and watch it. I'm telling you, it's worth it. The clothes are worth it. The music is worth it. The chemistry between Julia and Richard Gere. I mean, everything. It's everything. I wouldn't... Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty up there. I will say that. But, of course, um, please like and subscribe to our show. Please leave a review. We greatly appreciate it. That's how we get out there. Um, if you want to get in contact with me, April, or us both, send us an email at flixologypodcast at gmail.com or look for us on Instagram at flixologypodcast um, next week it's still we're still continuing the Julia Roberts theme month with another Julia and Richard movie April's all time favorite movie Runaway Bride all time favorite movie I disagree <laughs> okay favorite rom-com I disagree <laughs> disagree that's not your favorite or that's not my favorite I don't know how to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> I had to really think about it. I was like, Anywho, how do I we answer you, this? <laughs> we hope you guys enjoy, and I hope you guys are getting keyed up for Valentine's Day. And yeah, it's only in two weeks. I, got, two I, don't, weeks. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do, April. Yeah. I still got to order like one more of your presents. So, hmm. Yeah, I got to figure out what to do since I kind of had an issue with what I'm doing. So, yeah. I'll figure it out. But, of course, until next week, February 9th, Runaway Bride. This has been the Flixology Podcast. I'm your host, John. And I'm April. Take it easy.